God states very clearly that faith without works is dead. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have to us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. You know, I, I'm still trying to figure out if I need to say I am your host, Joe Oltman. It's kind of Captain Obvious ish that yeah I, you can I probably noticed. just say i'm joe oldman i'm joe how you doing i'm joe just joe just joe we have a we have a lot going on this morning so i got a phone call late last night or yesterday late yesterday and um it was from stephanie lambert and stephanie if you if you don't know is a lawyer from michigan that has several cases one in pennsylvania and one in michigan and she has several lawsuits that have been filed. But now there's new information, an expert report, and uh, that doesn't just point to the fraud. It aligns with all the fraud that's happened across the country. But it also proves that, that the people at the state level, the, the Governor Whitmer, they're, they're complicit in this behavior. The Secretary of States are complicit in this behavior. They're, they're actually designing an entire system to steal the voice of the American people and the election machines. You're not going to believe this. The election machines inside the tabulator, they found the voter rolls. So let's just not, let's, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and bring on Stephanie Lambert. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me on. So you're in an undisclosed location for safety. So I will, <laughs> I will not ask where you are, but I will. I, I do want to. I do want to have you give just a, a short brief on on who you are. I think that most of our audience actually knows, but the the evidence you have is pretty. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So Joe, I'm an attorney in Michigan. Sorry, I'm an attorney in Michigan. I represent Stephanie Scott from Adams Township. She's a township clerk. Uh, and we filed suit because the Secretary of State in Michigan wanted her to perform an update on her tabulator. And she was concerned that the would um, wipe data that she was required to preserve by federal law. And so she refused to perform this update and the Michigan State Police seized her tabulator as a result of her refusing to perform this update, they stripped her of her election duties unlawfully, and they even took her paper ballots. So Ms. Scott started to wonder, what are they trying to hide, right? This uh, seems as if it's a cover-up. So she had her EPB stick, which is the U USB stick that goes into a uh, whole book, analyzed, forensically analyzed. And there was a FOIA request for the official state data regarding who voted and the data is off by 11 and a half percent and what's really interesting is that the secretary of state ordered all of the local clerks to delete their epb stick data in november of 2020 now, which is a violation of federal law why would they do that why would they do that that's original data right there's no other place that that data would, would exist it's original data why would they want to delete that that's correct. It is original data. It's the only place that that election data exists. We have a report from Ben Cotton that details what's on that EPB stick that's not preserved anywhere else. And most importantly, it's needed to reconcile an election that's in question. 
So she ordered all of these EPB sticks to be deleted. And what we found is that there are voters that voted in Adams Township that the numbers match what was what the canvas results were that differ from the official state results that were given with the FOIA results. So it's off by 11 and a half percent. So the Secretary of State has voters that are unique on its list uh, that used to certify the election that differ and are not included with the Adams Township results that are from the EPB stick. And likewise, the US, um, I'm sorry, the EPB stick has voters on it that are not at the state level. So the data is off by 11 and a half percent. Obviously, that's a large amount. So if we were to take 11 and a half percent, so 11 and a half percent, and I were to take that across the 83 counties, that is approximately 800,000 votes. Is that right? It, it, it's a huge number, and that's not the only finding from this report that's really important for people to know. Uh, the contract uh, states that the voter roll that is used with the EPB stick in the poll book is also installed prior to the election on the tabulator, which there's no reason for that. That's supposed to be a counting machine. This allows potentially the vendor or a bad actor through the internet to see who's voting and how they're voting and allows for manipulation in real time. In real time. Correct. So the, this, we, we can't have so the, and Sorry, this is in the actual contract. This is in the RFP for Hart and for Dominion in Michigan, correct? Correct. This right. is spelled out. And they admit to it, right? So I can't think of one good reason as to why we need the voter roll on the tabulator. And obviously that would be original data that should also be preserved and that these updates can wipe. Um, so... <clears throat> You know, these are things that we absolutely have to fix in Michigan and throughout this country moving forward. Okay, so so let's walk through this. We have the we have we actually have the brief, um, Mr. Producer. Um, let let's start by putting this up. This is uh, um, the full brief. So you're you're representing Stephanie Scott, and she's the yes. county clerk, and she basically they came to her. And, and they said, you need to erase your EPB stick. Just get rid of the data. Not just to her. An email was sent out in November of 2020. And if you recall, it, the election was being questioned in Michigan in November of 2020. Right. So an email was sent out from the state of Michigan to all local clerks in 83 counties. Okay. So an email was went out in November. So they didn't waste any time. You have to keep everything for 22 months. And the Secretary of State's office sent something out saying, you must delete the EPB stick, all the data that's on the stick. Correct. And the data, at, and she didn't. So Stephanie Scott did not. I want everybody to understand the significance of what we're saying here. So Stephanie did not delete that data. And that data no. is 11.5% is different than the data at the state level. And people had voted that never voted at the state level. Let me make sure that we have the, the data accurate. There are voters okay. listed at the state level that are not listed on Stephanie Scott's records that are on the EPB stick. Okay. There are voters also on the EPB stick that are not listed at the state level. And these are the certified results. Okay, so how does that happen? Well, uh, what we saw with the voter roll being on the tabulator is one possibility. Okay, so we should never have a, a voter roll on the tabulator. What's really interesting is why there would be an order to delete these UV uh, sticks. They're small. They're approximately an inch and a half in size. They don't take up a, a bunch of room to store. There may be $5. I can't think of one good reason as to why we would want to delete original data. And I find it very interesting as to how that decision to send that email came about. Who told the Secretary of State that she needed to send around that email to delete this data? So, you know, I, I want to make sure that we're, we're accurate in how we say this. 
and 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 how we go through it. So I want to I want if we can walk through a little bit of the report, the forensic report. So I want to, if we can, Mr. Producer, let's. Uh, I do believe it is Exhibit A. This is the affidavit of Benjamin Cotton. So we'll put up page two. So he's uh, got 25 years experience performing computer forensics and other digital systems analysis, 18 years experience as an instructor of computer forensics and incident response. Um, this experience includes 13 years of experience teaching students on the guidance software, now open text, NCASE investigator and NCASE enterprise software. He's testified as an expert witness in state and federal courts before the United States Congress. I regularly lead engagements involving digital forensics for law firms, corporations, and government agencies, and an experience with digital acquisition of evidence under the uh, federal rules of evidence. Okay. So he goes into his analysis, and this was an analysis review of the Hart InterCivic contract, right? And this, this, this plays a big right. part, Stephanie. So we're going to put this up. Mr. Producer, go to page two of that. It's not two on there, but two at the very bottom. Um, and I'll let you walk through it and just kind of tell people what, what, the, what the variables were in this from this expert, 25-year expert. And I can't imagine that they're not going to come out and say that he's mistaken or you'll have some lawyer or someone else that's a, a media personality say that they're going to try to debunk this. Um, let, let's go to uh, uh, this 11. Uh, 11. Well, sure, let me... Let me address that, uh, Joe. The FOIA request did not just ask for the state data for Adams Township. The FOIA request asked for the state data throughout the entire state of Michigan. Right. So we have that in our possession. So that can't be altered now. We now have what the Secretary of State says is the data for the entire state of Michigan to compare against this um, uh, EPB stick from different jurisdictions, okay? And okay. I can't talk about my clients in different jurisdictions, but this data is not in isolation. I can say that. So you have other jurisdictions that are showing you the same pattern that you found in this district? Correct. The data does not match. And so we've those heard are a Dominion lot of systems. Dominion, Heart, uh, different systems, yes. So okay. we have statistical experts that have been talking for a long time on how they don't believe the statistics align with past elections and they've had all sorts of different theories we've heard this is raw data this is raw data from the epb stick and raw data from the state of michigan and we have unique voters on each voter roll that do not match and we're used to certifying it's not just a few voters we're talking 11 and a half percent okay so one of the things that came out that I thought was, was interesting is that inside of his report, it, it includes the, and, and this is just some of the stuff that, 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 that I saw that, that made me go, how is that even possible? Um, it says in here, the ballot images are stored on the tabulator in PNG format. A timestamp of the ballot insertion into the tabulators removed per paragraph of the heart contract. So it goes through all the different things, and it says that they, the voter rolls are on the tabulator. The voter files are on the tabulator. Correct. So why would, why would they need a voter roll on the tabulator? What would be the purpose of that? I can't think of a good purpose. I, I've been told that this allows for the vendor or for a bad actor through internet access to gain access to who's voting and how they're voting and manipulate that. So I'm okay. told that you can literally take out someone's file. So if Joel Ullman votes at 2 p.m., that that file can literally be swapped out with a different file and reflect a different vote for you. Okay. So the EPB USB contains data that's unique to the specific USB and the equipment that the USB is plugged into, correct? So it goes into that tabulator. The EPB stick goes into the poll book. Pull What's book. really interesting yes. is in yeah. electronic poll book. Right, and the yeah. poll book, yes, the electronic poll book has the voter roll on it. In 2018, the Michigan law was changed to require and mandate these poll books to be used in every jurisdiction. I have not found a certification for this poll book yet. So I have a strong suspicion that this poll book has not been certified for use and is yet being used. Um, 
but what's really interesting is that this EPB stick has a date and timestamp for each voter that is unique in original data. The state data does not have a timestamp for every single voter, it's zeroed out. So I don't know if that was done after the fact or if that was if that was a setting that was, was in place before. But obviously that's really important information to know when someone went to vote. Okay, so somebody goes to vote, and I'm, and I'm trying to get all the information. A it's a complicated case because people don't understand technology. I mean, that's one of the reasons to shut people off and they just turn their brain off is because they can't understand it. So I want to br bring this down to a level that people can understand everything that you're saying from the perspective of it, it's impossible. Like, what you're saying is not something that should happen. It's something that allows for them to do whatever they want, manipulate it, and if you compare the state data to the data that, that actually happened on the ground inside of the uh, jurisdiction, the data inside of the state data is, is different by 11.5%. And that, that can't really happen, can it? It, it shouldn't happen. It can't happen. And, and we need to fix this going forward. And you have a really good point that people don't understand it. In fact, I didn't understand this when I started working on it. It, I, it took me a lot of time to break it all down and understand it myself. Mm -hmm. That's actually the biggest problem I think that we have. In Michigan, we have the constitutional authority and duty for our local clerk to run the elections and accurately count the votes. If we have local clerks that can't see what's happening with these machines, there's no transparency for the clerk that's in charge of doing this, that's a huge problem. We've given all control to the vendors at that point. So we really need to change how these elections are happening moving forward so that the clerk who is charged with that duty of running an accurate and fair election can actually ensure that that's happening. And she's not getting directions from the Secretary of State to delete data. Um, and she's not told by the vendor that she can't see what's inside of the machine and that she must run updates that she's concerned will wipe data. So we really need to move, until this problem is fixed, back to a hand count, in my opinion, by each clerk to ensure that the, the votes are actually being counted accurately. Okay, so there's a, there's a um, uh, cut seven, Mr. Producer. There's a article where the clerk decries tyranny after Michigan strip server running election. And um, Stephanie Scott goes through Ignored state requests to confirm whether she would sign on to legally require logic and actuary testing, but told Bridge she still planned to conduct that testing on Wednesday night, even as she explored the possibility of ditching the tabulator to conduct a hand-counted election. Uh, the embattled clerk described her feud as a battle over who owns a tabulator and who has rights to inspect or service it. County clerk's office and secretary of states are demanding that I drop off my machine for unfettered access, and God only knows what uh, knows doing what to it. Uh, when you have the fox guarding the hen house, somebody's got to stand up and guard those hens. So she goes through and and says something doesn't seem right in this article. She's saying that. And they strip her of her, of her ability to run elections. They come and confiscate and get a search warrant and take all of her election equipment. You still have this equipment that you're, you're, she's fighting. She's getting attorneys and fighting the state because she feels like th something doesn't seem right. Now you've uncovered that something's not right, and it's written in the contract to have the ability to do this, and the results are not the same. So what I want to point out to everyone is that 11.5% is a large number. It's a big number. It's, it's across the state. I mean, if I extrapolate it correctly, Stephanie, based on the numbers you've given me, it's over 800,000 votes. Is that correct? That's what I have, yes. So... The mar I remember talking about what happened in Detroit and the fact that the Detroit numbers, you could not, it could not survive an audit. So if you were in, in Detroit, the Detroit uh, precinct could not survive an audit, right? Now you're telling me Correct. that in this smaller township that it can't survive an audit either. That's right, and that's what actually the expert Ben Cotton is willing to testify to, that we currently have an election system in place throughout this country that you cannot audit. If you don't have all of the pieces of the data to reconcile each and every piece, yeah. you can't audit it. And this risk-limiting audit that was a 
joke that happened in the state of Michigan. I think the clerks were asked to pull out four to seven ballots to see if that matched. Right? Obviously, we have big problems here. And, and that was clearly known um, by the Secretary of State when she asked that this EPP stick, or actually the email said, must be deleted uh, by November 30th. That's what the email said. Must be deleted. Well, why? Well, why would you delete the data in, in November? What would be the reason it, it doesn't it? It, it makes no sense, right? It's a small piece of data that could go in a drawer, be labeled, preserved for years, in case there was ever a question that needed to, you know, be looked into. And it's a cheap device that could easily be replaced. It's five dollars. What I'm seeing on some of these contracts is that each township is paying, in some places, twenty thousand dollars per election for this equipment that we have no transparency with. So that absolutely has to change. We need to be able to make sure that the will of the voters is reflected in each election. Okay, so let's walk through this. We have a memorandum that was sent out on December 1st, 2020. I'm, I'm gonna try and take this back and I'm gonna let you drive. So I want you to I want you to try, you're an attorney, so I need you to break this down as, as simply as possible so that the people that are listening can become ambassadors of truth. They can, they can help spread this across the country. Because I, I believe, Stephanie, that this information is it, it's, it's some of the most damaging information that's, that, that exists across the country. You can't explain it. You can't explain it away. The, I, there, there's no good reason that I can find that you would delete this data. And as a former prosecutor, you look at the cover-up. So we saw that in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, right? We have the whistleblower that has a ton of audio and video where there's a FOIA request. And again, this data was found and discovered through a FOIA request. So people are doing FOIA requests and, we're, and that's revealing huge problems with our election system. So in Delaware County, we have the election officials, if you recall, taking the election data and literally throwing it in a garbage can because they know it's not going to match what they use to certify the election with. Right. And here we have it's off by 11.5%. So to me, this memo uh, should be titled the cover-up memo. Okay, so this memo, I mean, just go ahead and give it, uh, uh, you drive, just tell us what, how far you want us to go up and, and what is important about this memo. If you can came out scroll December down, month. if you scroll down, I think it's the second to the last paragraph in this memo, it's on the second page, right there, the e-poll book, e book, laptops and flash drives. So it says, uh, let me move my screen. The EPB software and associated files must be deleted from all devices, uh, you know, following the canvas. So what we have in Adams Township is the numbers match the canvas, yet differ at the state level by 11.5%. How is that possible? The numbers were reported to the state. They should match, right? So how is it off by 11.5%? And how many votes is 11.5%? In Adams, I would have to look at uh, Ben Cotton's report. If you could pull that up, I can show you the exact data. Okay, we'll pull that up right now. So I want to tell everyone, listen, this is indisputable data. This is indisputable evidence, much like the evidence that Stephanie produced on the videos in Pennsylvania of them literally destroying, because you had a whistleblower, destroying information, tapes, destroying them. Again, irrefutable evidence, right, Stephanie? It's not like you can ex explain that away. You can't explain it away. Not, not. But you can't explain it away. And what's really important, and I'd like to give the credit to my clients, each and every one of them, Leah Hoops, Gregory Stenstrom, Stephanie Scott, have been persistent people that knew there was a problem saw that there was a problem and then insisted on pursuing it despite that it was the most unpopular cause in this country, right? They've got nothing but grief from, you know, law enforcement, from government officials attacked in the media. It's been an awful process for each and every one of these people to move forward and pursue exposing what's happening with our elections and try to fix it going forward. So if you scroll down here in this report, I think you can see the exact numbers that differ from the state to the township. 
Keep going down, Mr. Producer. And there's a lot of data, everyone, so uh, we will make this available. I'll put all of these up in files. I'll drop these into a file and let you get access to them as well. Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your, your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, they're for you, and, and here's the thing, it, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer, if you are using things, True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, vMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that. So there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com daily, use promo code daily, and save your 70% off. Okay, so here is some, some of what Ben Cotton's detailing that's on the EPB stick. Yeah. That's not anywhere else. Right, it's all of the same day voting data. Of course you want to preserve that. Why would the Secretary of State want that deleted? Right. It doesn't make any sense. And it's is it this anywhere is the else? Most important data. Is this information gonna no, be stored that, anywhere else? No, it's not. And that's what he said is extremely important. This is the original data for same day votes that is deleted. So they they don't match by eleven and a half percent. I I'm, I just want to get to the part where and, and again, this was just filed this morning, right? You just put this, you just filed this in the lawsuit this morning. That's correct. If you keep going down, it has the exact, exact numbers to show the viewers. Mr. Producer's having a little bit of trouble here. <laughs> you all right, Mr. Producer? It's He's, usually there me. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> oh, all right. I think you oh, passed I, it. Oh, too fast. <laughs> I, I think you passed it. I mean, if, I you, could go, fast, if you could go any fast, I think you need to go faster. I think that's the point. We'll just go faster. Here we go. <laughs> I think this is an exhibit attached. I think up, up into the you text to of the report. You, you need to go to uh, probably, yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, there we go. A little bit up higher. A little. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. When you get there, it just what, goes what so fast. Is, Down what? a little bit. <laughs> he's messing with us. I think okay, this is all purpose. the stuff. Here we go. Here we go. Going. So this will lower. have all the information. There we go. There's some voter information right there. There we go. Stop right here. Okay. So, so do you see? There's 79 people in Adams Township that are uh, not listed on the state's official record. Right, okay. so Adams Township on BB Stick has seventy nine people. That's a lot of people yeah. that voted that the state did not have as voting, and the state has sixty four names that are not reflected on the Adams Township BB Stick. Okay, so that's so eleven and a half percent. So eleven and a half percent, and the extrapolation is this is a small township, so you can actually get to the fraud pretty easily because you have less data to deal with. So, you, but it still shows. It, it, it shows what could be happening across the entire state based on the RFP data at the state level to provide these machines, correct? Correct. And so I know that there is analysis taking place and that has taken place in other jurisdictions. And we are lucky enough to already have the FOIA data from the entire state of Michigan to compare it to. Right. Okay. So as, as we look through... As we look through the information, let, let's hypothetically say that there's just a mistake. How do you get a mistake where they add unique names to the state records? As, did Bill Cotton go through and, and tell us how that happened? I mean, how, how would that even happen? Because you send the data to the state. The state collects and extrapolates that data into the other data. So it assimilates it into the, combines it with the other data you have for different elections, you know, whether it be you know, the, the senator races or, or con congressional races or or the presidential race, that information is collected up. Is there a way that that 64 would just show up? 
Well, he did discuss one problem, which is a huge problem, that you can see remotely the vendor or a bad actor who's voting and how they're voting and swap the file. So the vendor um, could. But the I vendor can actually see this. Correct, because he goes through, and in this report, he discusses the different ways that these machines are connected to the Internet. So that's really important that they can be connected to the Internet. Uh, that's been a debate for a long time now, since the November election. It's right in the contract that these machines can be connected to the Internet, um, and some of them are wireless, right, and how that can take place. So what's really interesting is the rush to deploy these poll books throughout the state of Michigan, uh, $12 million was given to a state fund from the person that, you know, is responsible for inventing these poll books in the ERIC system. So uh, we're going to look into that a little bit more as, as well. So what's important is we don't use in our elections things that are not certified. That's a problem. We can't use things that the clerks don't have transparency with and can see live so that elections can be counted accurate, accurately. But more importantly, when it's contested, we need to have a timeline that it can be uh, you know, fixed in, in a timely manner. We're seeing throughout this country that if you file a lawsuit before the election, the court says it's not right. Um, it's not time yet. And if you file it after the election, it's moot. So apparently you need to have your lawsuit prepared as you're putting your ballot in the machine. And so that's a problem. We need to be able to have transparency so that the, the clerk can do a recount quickly, can actually audit the system, and assure the voters that their vote counted as it was intended to count. Okay, so... We, we got to the crust of, of, of all of this. We have this report. The report shows that a bad actor or someone inside the vendor can actually see in real time as, as people are voting, and they could switch those votes. I mean, the system is designed where you could switch those votes, correct? Correct. That's absolutely possible. And we know that the township, I want to just be really clear. I want, I want to make sure that I'm clear on this because I, as I go to talk about this later, we know that the township numbers and, and books showed one set of people that voted. Correct? Correct. And we know that if we yes. take that information and we compare it to the state, they left people off and added people. Yes, the data reflects that the state has different people voting that the township does not have. And, Stephanie, there's no way for that to happen because the EPB stick, the U USB stick, is the actual reflected data of the people when they voted inside of their area, right? Correct? Correct. That's the okay. same day original voting record. So... Again, I'm going to ask the question as if we were sitting on the stand and you were on the stand. How is this possible if the machines are not, one, able to be manipulated, and two, weren't manipulated? Well, it appears that it, it wouldn't be possible if it's not manipulated, right? So it, it, to me, this is strong circumstantial evidence of some type of manipulation, and I think that it's really important to look at this email that the Secretary of State set around, sent around in November of 2020 telling the clerks that they must delete this data. This is a federal code. 20701 and 20702 require that election records have to be kept for 22 months. This was a federal election that was held in Adams Township that the Secretary of State ordered that local clerk to violate the law. But... What's the remedy, Stephanie? What's, what's the remedy in all this? Well, I, I can't talk about my client's piece going forward, but what I can say is that as a whole, as a country, we have to fix this quickly. We can't, we can't have this for November 2020. We can't have machines where votes can be altered, you know, in real time, remotely. Uh, we can't have machines with the voter roll on it where people can see who's voting and when, and more importantly, who hasn't voted yet, right? That allows for ballot stuffing. So we need to, in my opinion, move to a hand count as quickly as possible so that the clerks can assure their jurisdiction that that election was accurate. Okay, so let or me... Or possibly... Let me, I'm sorry. So, so 
I'm I'm just trying to figure out how we take this information and we and we collect it in the spirit of what's happening in other states. We we actually we're collecting all this information from Nevada and and uh, Wisconsin and Arizona and Colorado. I mean, there, there's a ton of data, and we're trying to put it together to build a puzzle pieces because one state will have information that tells the story of what's happening in Michigan. Michigan will tell the story of what's happening in, in uh, Pennsylvania and there'll be little bits and pieces that show a forensic path, right? But in this case, Correct. in this case, the election results coming out of this township should not have been, should not have been certified. Correct. No, I, I think that it's well beyond the threshold of an error rate. 11.5% is a huge difference. That absolutely should have been looked into if you were able to compare the EPB stick right after the election to the state official data that should not have been certified. Okay, so it, let, let's hypothetically say that it should not have been certified. It's off by 11.5%. Even if you're off at 11.5%, even if even if it was 11.5%, it was the the... The voters were the same, but the, they changed votes. Because we're not even talking about that. We're just talking about adding additional voters. Stephanie, I'm a, I'm a system architect expert. I'm an SME, subject matter expert when it comes to system architecture. You couldn't show me a way that those names could just show up. Because they'd have to come from somewhere. There'd have to be some database where those names were assigned to a vote inside of that township. They, they just wouldn't just... Pop out of the air, which means there's something else that is in this system that is allowing them to bloat or add to add to the election in order to, to control or manipulate to get an, an expected result. It, it definitely appears that way, right? So I, I think that the if you look at all of the pieces together and you, the circumstantial evidence, you have someone ordering that the data be deleted. Why? Okay. It doesn't make any sense. Then you have data that doesn't match at the state level uh, compared to the local level. The local level reports up, like you said, and then it, there was a canvas, and the canvas matched the local results. So it doesn't make any sense that it doesn't match at the state level. Okay, and I, and I asked what the remedy is because obviously if this is just one township, does this give you cause to get access to the other EPB USBs in different townships or to get access to other information? Does this open up Pandora's box at all? I, I know that there is analysis taking place in a number of different jurisdictions in Michigan, and that data will be revealed probably in the near future here. Okay. And what I'm trying to get to is is the finale. Like, what can people? One of the biggest problems we have is that people people thought that hey, we know that they stole the election, we caught them, we caught them everywhere, we caught them in Arizona, we caught them in Michigan, we caught them in uh, Pennsylvania driving ballots in, we we caught them in all these different states, and then the disinformation, misinformation clan, the cabal, the media, just shut them out. So people are frustrated because we're we're 18 months. 18 months later, and they're like, well, why isn't anybody in jail? And then Sussman goes to, to trial for the Russian deal. It has nothing to do with the election, but it does. And he gets found not guilty by the cesspool inside of the Washington, D.C. area, what I call jury nullification. And, and here we are 18 months later. People are like, well, wake me up when somebody gets arrested. So, so Stephanie, how do, we get, how do we get through the judiciary that is obviously compromised and the government leadership cabal, I mean, I call it a cabal, when we know that we have the proof and the media and the big tech are censoring and shutting people down, you're getting attacked every day. Every single day, they're, they're coming after your law license, they're sanctioning you, they're doing all of this stuff, and all you're doing is saying, listen, I'm doing my job, I'm a lawyer. My job is to literally gather information and come to a conclusion, and the conclusion is is that you guys stole an election. So, well, I'm going to continue to do my job and represent my clients, and all of my clients have something in common. They they want to pursue revealing the truth. They had evidence that they collected, they observed uh, crimes being committed in some places, 
Some of them have it on video. There's different data. A lot of it was obtained through FOIA requests. So as far as the conclusion and what you're asking could happen moving forward is that people need to continue to do their FOIA requests because that's how a lot of evidence was obtained. And then I'm not going to assume that everyone is compromised. I think they need to continue to go to their local boards, uh, demand that the machines are not used in November, put a plan in place to ensure that their jurisdiction will have an accurate election, and then fix the, the problem going forward piece by piece. Uh, we can't assume that everyone's compromised. We have evidence that has continued to grow since November of 2020. And that's actually really important to look at. You can't possibly, with all of these problems that took place in the November 2020 election, obtain all of that in a time, timely manner in order to pursue it in each court right after an election. This is stuff that has taken you know months to build. So people need to continue to yeah. pursue. I don't want to say that everyone is corrupt. I don't want to say that the entire system is corrupted. But I, but I do know that the system is, is infected deeply with corrupt and very, very uh, ethically challenged individuals because they wouldn't be attacking you for doing the work that you're doing if that wasn't the case. That, that's true. And, and what also is true is no one wants to touch something that's difficult, right? I, I didn't really want to work on these cases. It, you know, I was very happy before all of this. And it's been unpopular and it hasn't been easy, but it's the right thing to do. So when a lawsuit lands on a judge's desk, they need to analyze it as just an isolation of what is the right thing to do and call it like they see it, like they would any other case. Um, they're looking at these cases, in my opinion, in some jurisdictions is something they just don't want to touch. And they were elected to take on tough cases and make the hard decisions, and that's what they need to do. How do people, how do people follow you in this case? Uh, you can go to my website, stephanielambert.com, and click follow. That's my Telegram page that you'll, you'll go to, and that's where we continue to post updates on the different cases that we're working on. Can they go to stephanielambert.com and support you financially in this case or support your client? No. Um, the website is just uh, purely for updates and to follow the information. Am I allowed to ask you that question, if people can support you financially? I didn't even ask Mr. <laughs> Producer. I didn't even ask you, Stephanie, yesterday, so I'm sorry. I know this has been very expensive <laughs> and it's been hard on your family. It, it, this, this hasn't been easy, but we're going to continue to pursue the truth. And I'll just keep doing my job as an attorney, and my clients want to continue to do what's right in each of their roles. And so Stephanie Scott, in my opinion, is a hero for uh, pushing back on the Secretary of State and insisting that she will follow the law, and she will reveal what happened in her township, and she'll continue to do her job as she was elected to do it. Is it possible to get um, Stephanie Scott on the air? Is she speaking to, to I can talk with her about that. Yeah, I mean, I'd really, I think that the, I think the American people would love to hear from her. Just, I mean, that one of the things that, that people support Tina Peters is because they look in her eyes, a gold star mom, right? She's the county clerk and recorder that was charged with 11 crimes for just looking into and uncovering all the election fraud that happens in the Dominion systems out of Mesa County, Colorado. And so I just think people need to hear from her that, hey, this is why I did it. Isn't that crazy that the people that want to do a cover-up and potentially committed crimes themselves want to charge the people revealing what happened with crimes? Yeah. That, that is just, you know, shocking. Well, and I think it's important that we slow down a little bit and look, look, at, the, look at the evidence in totality and, and really slow it down. Like, we understand, I understand technology better than I think 99% of the country. Most people don't even know how their phone works. You ask them to, hey, go to AirDrop, and they're searching for AirDrop. They don't know how to do that. So understanding, <laughs> understanding the complexity behind technology and how you could, you, you could hide, you could hide it. I could hide a billion dollars in this device. In this device, I could hide a billion dollars. And you would go, even you're like, no, you can't. I'm like, yes, yes, I can. And I could make it so it's completely disconnected from the internet, and I could have a billion dollars in value in this phone. Like, I could do that. Well, well that, that, that's an important point, right? If we went to the bank and they gave us you know, our money and it was 11.5% off, 
-hmm. we wouldn't be happy. We wouldn't accept that, right? So everyone's sick of talking about the election. Admittedly, I am a little bit as well, okay? But we can't move on from it until we fix it. So, well, and uh, you you're know. You're right. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just saying, we, we have to fix this. We can't have a counting system that gives us something that's 11.5% off. Uh, and, and I think that means getting rid of these machines, at least temporarily, until they can be secured. And then moving forward with possibly a process that results come in quickly, but there's a hand count, a full hand count of multiple different races that ensures that the vote was counted accurately. I think that's the system that should move forward. But these the taxpayers are putting a ton of money into these machines in these different jurisdictions. And there's no transparency where they can even know if their vote was counted correctly. Well, I find I find it interesting that I find it interesting that we are still having the conversation 18 months later, and people are fatigued. But I don't believe they've given up hope. They're just they just feel like there's there's infighting and there's these distractions and everyone. I believe that if we would have just stayed on the election, 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 election. But the people that were talking about elections then went off the sideways and, and said, okay, we're going to talk about um, ivermectin, and we're going to talk about... And, and we stay pretty focused. I stay pretty focused on election stuff. Matter of fact, I went back last night and started looking through all the videos, and about 70% of our broadcasts is election fraud-based. Because <laughs> I kept getting these right. e emails from people going, Joe, let's talk about something else. And I go, I'm trying to work the problem. And so I'm over and over and over again just working the problem, working the problem, working the problem. The problem is that your voice was stolen. That led to all the things that we face today, these manufactured crises. So, Stephanie, do you think there's another issue that's as, as important as this one? No, but I, I think that you're hitting on an important issue is that we have a, a legislative body that doesn't want to touch this issue because mm -hmm. they're concerned as to how it will impact their next campaign. Uh, and, and we need to make sure that we're putting people in office that are not looking at their own personal interests, that they're looking at the interest of the people that they're supposed to be a voice for. So that's where the grassroots, where they feel tired and there's nothing that they can do. And when I say grassroots, I don't mean Republicans. I mean everyone, right? Uh, this is not a partisan issue, despite what the mainstream media wants to make it out to be. Um, if they continue with letters, emails, going to their legislative, you know, their local representative and demanding that the election system be looked at and change take place, then it will actually happen because they're going to be sick of hearing from, you know, people by email and a knock at their door demanding change. All right. So we, uh, I'm going to give you the last thought. I'm going to wrap up with some other things we got to go through, but, uh, Go to stephanielambert.com, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-L-A-M-B-E-R-T.com. Stephanie, I'll give you the last word. Thank you, Joe. Well, I'd like to come back on. We have supporting data to this data, uh, and I'd like to come on and talk about that in the near future as well. So oh. if everyone could just continue to do the FOIA request, they can email those to me at stephanielambert at protonmail.com. Uh, we'll take a look at it, and we're happy to answer any questions that anyone has. Okay, so the FOIA requests that you want people to file, they can get that information on your website as well, correct? Right, or they can send me the FOIA requests that they have already requested and you know okay. have the completed data. Do you want those FOIA requests and that completed data from different states as well to do a comparative? From from everywhere. Okay, perfect. Right, we're getting it from all the country. Well, I've got an entire, I don't know, 300 gigs, 500 gigs of information that I could send you. I could, I could, I could make your life. You'd be like this. Everybody wants to hit the easy button, by the way. You can't. You can't hit the easy button. You've got to plow the fields. took us decades to no, get here. No, no right. it's, it's, it's terrible. No easy button. I want one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stephanie, well. I just wanted to thank you for all the hard work. Thank you very much. We'll have you on here in the next uh, next week or so. Mr. Producer's shaking his head at me. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. God bless you. So, I, you know, it it is it. What what we're actually seeing is, and somebody just said that it's it's not. That this is nothing new. Well, it it actually is new. <laughs> 
Because having the EPB and comparing against the state data, state data was the one that was certified, and having that information be off by 11.5% in one of the smaller areas, how much is it off? If it's off by 11.5%, extrapolate that across the entire state, you're talking about nearly 800,000 votes. And we don't, I already told you before, I think there's 25 to 30 million votes across the entire country, 25 to 30 million votes that were fraudulent, manufactured votes. Manufactured. They were pulled out of thin air. They were phantom ballots. And, and the thing that I want everyone to understand is that I'm not going to stop talking about election fraud. I'm not going to stop investigating every case. I'm not going to stop reading every manual, RFP, every document that I get my hands on related to Dominion Voting Systems. I'm going to find out Dominion Voting Systems, their, their, their corporation overseas, tied to the one they have in Serbia, tied to the one they have in Canada, tied to the one they have in, 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 uh, in the U.S. I'm going to look at every, I'm going to turn over every single rock. I'm going to spend all of my time trying to figure out every piece and intricacy of the fraud of these machines. And specifically, I'm, I'm a hunting Dominion because of the crap bag Eric Coomer that sued me. I got plenty of time on my hands. I'm no longer the CEO of my company. I podcast and I do research on a daily basis so I can speak with you. So if you're tired of me talking to you about election fraud, I can't help you. If your voice is not important enough to you, if it's more important to me than it is to you, I can't help you. But a stolen election, the vo a stolen voice means you're a slave. You are a slave. And you're like, I can walk free. I can go to the bar. I can go to a baseball game. I can go take Johnny to play soccer. I can do all of those things. And I would tell you, at the end of the day, you have no control over what happens in your community or your society. You have to defend your children in places you should not have to defend them. Your society should be able to defend them within that environment. You should not be persecuted for talking about God, for praying. You should not be persecuted for following your faith and wanting ethical and moral standards in your community. But you are. Don't tell me you're free because you can walk across the street. You can walk across the street in China. You can go to work in China. You can go to the bar in China. Is it free? Does communism allow for freedom, free thought, free expression, the ability to teach your kids to have morals and ethics? Does it allow, does it, does it allow for free expression of religion in China? I would venture to say the answer is no. See, every country tells their citizens they are free. But if you don't have a voice, you're not free. You are a slave. Back before the Civil War, slaves thought they were free. Read books about it. There's books, books written, there's journals written by slaves pre-Civil War that went to fight in the Civil War. They said that they fight as free men. They fight as free men before and after the Civil War. But it degraded to nothing. Segregation was a thing that we, we pushed our society to. That is the antithesis of what we fought for during the Civil War. It wasn't just a ending slavery. It was a unification of equality. But did we really have that dating all the way through the 1950s? I would argue we, we did not. And the entire time, most people in this country did not stand for segregation. Most people are good people that didn't care if you were purple with web feet. Most people in this country are not inherently racist. Most people in this country want there to be an ethical and moral, they want to be able to, to, to have this pressure released from them where they can have free thought, where they can explore truth on their own. Not somebody's truth, not a pushed down, manufactured, oppressive truth, but the truth. But we just don't have it because we have a perver perversion of our society at every level. And they perverted the church, they perverted the government, the judiciary, and now they've stolen your voice. And they've manufactured crisis after crisis after crisis this year that drives to the, just the, the heart of what we 
are facing today. We have a guest on tonight. I'm going to go through this. Tonight we'll have a guest on. His name is Scott. He went to the school board to fight against them. Steve. Steve. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, school board, and they to get pornography out of his daughter's school because she brought it home and uh, was persecuted by the school board and by the state of California. So we'll have him on tonight. I want to tell individual stories because I think it's important. Make no mistake, we're not losing. We're winning. But if you think that you're going to hit an easy button and plow a field where weeds have been growing up for decades, and they're not even weeds, they're trees, we have to cut down the trees of tyranny. You want to know why we have to do what we do right now? Because we have to cut down those trees. We have to plow a field that literally has been untouched. We have watched as we have not taken care of and maintained our own backyard. And as a result, they've been stealing. And if you thought, I said this yesterday, if you thought they were going to wake up and go, ah, you caught me, you're right. They can't afford to say you're right. They have to double down and triple down and quadruple down. They have to do lawfare. They have to come after us. They have to come after Stephanie. They have to seek and destroy and send their evil minions out to do their work. They have to do those things. Because right now they're losing their grip on everything. People are waking up. The recall election in San Francisco wiped out an entire group of people. They have to do the things that they're doing right now. They have to. We're arm wrestling, people. This is arm wrestling. We're arm wrestling. Let's not make it so that the Dutch farmers and farmers around Europe are the ones doing the battling for Americans. Let's not make that the case. I want you to do the things that are necessary to recognize that everyone's tired of talking about stolen elections. You don't think I'm tired of talking about stolen elections? I'm sick of it. It's like listening to a Justin Bieber song on repeat. Nobody wants to hear Justin Bieber sing. No one. No one cares about Kim Kardashian. And yet people still talk about them. And they still play their songs on repeat. And I'm sorry if you like Justin Bieber. I'm out. I don't want to listen to his songs. But right now, we have to shove down truth down their throat. We didn't make this stuff up. This is not misinformation, disinformation. This is truth. But before we go, before I do a prayer, Mr. Producer, I have something that I saw that this is, this is right off the press. I, I don't even know how somebody got access to this. But do you know that Basement Biden went to, he went to uh, Saudi Arabia to ask for oil after he sent 5 billion barrels of oil overseas of our reserves. He goes to Saudi Arabia. Um, so here's a picture that they wouldn't show in the media of Biden literally talking to the crown prince about getting oil. And if you see that, uh, Biden brought his own gas can with him. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to do it. Whoever did this is savage. <laughs> yeah, well played. <laughs> well, well played, Patriot. Uh, you got to have a little bit of fun. All right, let's, let's go ahead and pray, shall we? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for standing with and empowering Stephanie Scott and Stephanie Lambert, for giving them the courage to stand up. Father, thank you for all of the patriots across the country who are doing patriot things, even in light of the persecution and the things that they have. Thank you for just being on their hearts and minds and protecting them and guarding them as they carry forward diligently in order to create results and bring us back to a place of peace. Father, we are thankful for this great country. We are thankful for the people around the world that are standing up and being an example of courage in their communities. Father, I would just ask that you put, you put that on the hearts of men and women in this country, in our country, in the United States of America, 
that you put it on the hearts of those that are in Europe, in the UK, in Spain, in Italy, in the Netherlands, in Japan, all over the country, Father, that you put it on their hearts that they need to, we need to stand up in solidarity. We need to stand up against the tyranny of the world. But right now, Father, we have to concentrate on us and our country while still praying for those around the world for having the courage to stand up. Father, please bless our partners to the, or our, our neighbors to the north in Canada, that they may, they may be resilient in fighting against the tyrannical, evil minion Trudeau. And I'm sorry I call him evil, but he is evil. Father, please bless us with the strength that we may follow your path. Give us the, the courage, the stamina, the tenacity to stand up, Father, and to keep standing and to keep repeating the truth. Keep pushing the truth and letting people know that it's not going away. It's not going away. And if we don't solve 2020, we have no country, Father. We know that. I just ask you to give us the pathway, give us the strength, the wisdom, to make sure we can navigate all the things that are in front of us. And I, Father, I just ask you to protect us, to put your hedge of protection around us, individually and collectively in our families, that we may walk the walk walk the path that you want us to be on so that we can go through this, this, this age of restoration to restore you to our communities and to our society. Father, thank you again. I ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I, um, we, we have a, so we, we're talking about the facts blast that we put out every day. And we're going to, I want to align it with what the information we got out today. So we have a fax blast, and let me just read this to you. Enough of the lies. Demand Congress take action on election fraud now. They're not talking about it. They're, they're concentrating on this sham January 6th deal. They, they, you know, they got a contempt of Congress against Steve Bannon. But Eric Holder did the same thing to Congress. Did they charge him? Did they do anything to him? No. Rules are for thee, not for me. They have celest selectively used our laws and created a lawless society. So the sham January 6th committee will be back in focus this week and will continue to serve as a smoke screen to distract from the true insurrection of the United States of America, the stolen election on November 3rd, 2020. On today's show, we talked to Stephanie Lambert from Michigan, who has even more damning evidence of the stolen election in Michigan. Last week, we spoke to Jen and Sophie from Utah, exposing the architecture of fraud in their state. Every week, we bring you stories of the people exposing the fraud all across the nation. Since November of 2020, around the nation, ordinary Americans have taken on the extraordinary task of investigating and exposing the greatest crime in history. Yet the elected officials in Washington, who we send to the swamp to represent our interests and protect our rights, are engaged in political theater at our expense. While regular Americans get in the gap and fight to expose the truth, those in government appear to be doing everything in their power to keep the American people distracted and the truth suppressed. Contact your elected official today and tell them that we have enough of political theater at the expense of the people. It's time we put an end to the lies, demand Congress take action on election fraud now. Tell them to go to conservative-daily.com and the facts possibly up in an hour. We'll also send you an email. Go there, become a member. And people say, well, they're not listening to you anyway. They're not listening, Joe. And I would say, okay, you say that they're not listening. I would tell you that the constant barrage is what is going to lead us to be able to take our country back. The constant in their face, this is what you need to do, this is what we expect, that, those are the things that are going to protect us as a country. We want them to see us coming, and we want to build density. We want them to every day shudder at the idea that there's more and more people, more and more people in their area that are paying attention to the fraud they're perpetrating on the American people. And we only hear about five or six different Congress people, right? We, we don't hear about a lot. I mean, there, there's, there's 535 of these guys running around. Where are they? I think it's time that we, we start talking to them and giving them the ability to have courage as well. For those that aren't selected, that are actually elected, not sure there's many of them there. But we still have to try. We still have to do our part. All right, God bless you all. I'll see you guys tonight at, at 4 o'clock. If you want to, by the way, actually, if you don't want to, uh, the last thing I'll say is we need to support Mike Lindell and my pillow and my store and my coffee. So go there. Use code CD21. Support Mike Lindell.
You can save up to 66% with CD21. You can also go to the store and you can buy my coffee using the same code. So go to CD21. That's Charlie David 21. Charlie Delta 21. Save up to 66%. God bless you. I'll see you guys tonight. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.